Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing well. I was about to say I've had the most procrastinating, like I'm in a very procrastinating mood. I'm just putting everything off. I I was going to say today, but actually I've had a big procrastinating week. (laughs) I really have not got out of bed much this week. Uh... I don't know, I just, do you ever just feel like you just need it? Like, I don't feel bad about it at all. There's days I spend in bed and I'm like, that was so unnecessary. And then there's times I spend in bed and I'm like, I am so happy and feel so much better for doing that. And this is one of those times. I know not everyone has the luxury of being able to just decide to do that. That is definitely a huge perk of being a student. I mean, it's a bit of a like, it comes with its pros and cons, you know, like it's a good thing that you can take that time to rest when you need it. But also I feel like it's sometimes a bit too easy (laughs) to just do nothing when you don't necessarily need to. I feel like up until last week with uni, everything was so go, go, go because of that deadline that I had. And then once I got that out of the way and my boyfriend visited at the weekend there, and then when he left, it was like, oh my God, I can't wait to actually just enjoy this time not being like manic doing this, doing that, stressing out about deadlines. Although I do have more coming up pretty soon. (laughs) So I'll be back on the stress buzz pretty much straight away, but I'm giving myself a week to relax. I actually had such a nice weekend in Leeds though. It was my first time properly doing things in Leeds, I feel like, in so long. Like I haven't been into town, I haven't been shopping, I haven't been like out for nice dinner. Mm, that's maybe a bit of a lie actually, I have been out for dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, I, ha- I just feel like my weekends have just been like working. This was like the first weekend, honestly, since I've been back in Leeds where I really just enjoyed it and obviously because my boyfriend was visiting and we just like went out shopping I went into all the vintage shops that I love because the city center is so good for that I went into like the corn exchange I got a new jelly cart the little egg one so cute went out for lots of nice food like nice lunch and coffees and we went to Bundabust again for dinner I think Bundabust is in, it's in, it started in Leeds and I think there's one in Liverpool and Manchester. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there is. I, I think they expanded to both of those two places. If you haven't tried it and you are ever going to any of those places or you live in any of those places, please try it. It is so unlike anything I've ever had before. It's like Indian street food and it's very tapasy. Like you kind of just order to share. It's all lots of small plates. Yeah, just really different to anything I've tried and really different to anything you can get back home. Like, don't get me wrong, you can get good Indian food back home, but it's just like, Indian food back home is just your traditional like curries and rice and naan and stuff. Whereas this is like fried okra and all these different types of dals. Just trust me, just go. We spent the whole of Sunday in bed, hungover. Oh wait, sorry, let's just backtrack to the Saturday night just before I move on to the Sunday because we ended up, right, we went out for dinner in Bundabust and then went to a few bars. Like, I think we tried, I think we went to like three different bars because I wanted to try a few places that I'd seen on social media and hadn't been to because I literally, as I said, have not been out in town. And then we ended up at Viaduct, which is the gay bar. 
and the drag queens were doing or like a rendition of the Book of Mormon, which was so good. Like all the music and everything that went with it. And it was so funny because me and Sam went to see the Book of Mormon in January last year. And it was like the first musical he's ever been to see and like the only one he knows the songs of, obviously, because of that. So yeah, it was just really funny when we walked in. It was like the Book of Mormon music playing and all the drag queens acting and all. It was actually so good. So yeah, anyway, Sunday, spent hungover in bed, did not move, watched about probably 10 episodes of Married at First Sight. I am fully hooked. Well, I was hooked, but I'm finished it now. I think I finished it on Tuesday there. Such a good series, honestly. I've never watched Married at First Sight the whole way through like I did with this one. When I was in Australia, it was always like on TV, you know, in the same way Loose Women is kind of just seems to always be on TV in the UK. It was kind of that sort of vibe where like if you were ever somewhere, it was just on and I kind of got a bit into it like that, but just kind of watching it here and there. I've never watched it from like episode one right through, but oh my God, this season of the UK one did not disappoint if you're looking for something to watch and something that can just you know that type of tv you just can zone out you're it's just like brain numbing (laughs) and you don't need to focus on it too much like it's entertaining there's drama but it's also kind of cute and there's a bit of romance yeah it's just like everything you could want from a tv show so i've got sam hooked on that now as well (laughs) after like one episode he was like oh my god i was not expecting this to be so good I think I literally got out of bed once and it was to go and get food across the road. I threw on joggers and hoodie, went across the road to get a sandwich and a coffee. And it was like, (laughs) you know, when you're literally on death's door hungover and your eyes are all glazed over and your brain's not working properly. So like communicating with people when you're ordering food is really difficult. You can just tell you're being really annoying and slow. It was just one of those really long, awkward situations. We just scoffed our sandwiches, drank our coffees and left and got straight back into bed and spent the rest of the day there. (laughs) Yeah, the rest of the week has not been too dissimilar, to be honest. Like, you know, the way I was talking about the highs and lows of doing long distance the other day and how it's always such a crash then like after, like once you leave each other. I kind of like just accept now that it's going to be like that. Like it used to hit me like a ton of bricks and then I'd be like upset about it. Whereas now I prepare for it. You know, I just succumb to it. I just mark out that day to be in bed. So yeah, that was what Monday was for me. I didn't pull my blinds, didn't get out of my, I I was going to say I didn't get out of my dressing gown. I got out of my dressing gown to get a shower, but as soon as I came out of the dressing gown, uh, sorry, as soon as I came out of the shower, the dressing gown went straight back on. Yeah, so that was a whole day, a second whole day spent th- this time watching YouTube instead of Married at First Sight because I'd actually finished that. And I just want to say that sometimes you just need this time to recuperate and that's okay. Just give yourself the space and time to do so. And I promise you, you'll feel a hundred times better after it. I feel so much better. Also, I got tonsillitis yesterday. I f- completely forgot to mention that. Yesterday, I literally woke up with tonsillitis and had to ring my doctor and get antibiotics and get my mum to post them to me. They actually did arrive today, but my tonsils aren't as bad today. I don't know if all my little, I was going to say tricks, but it's not really, (laughs) taking vitamins and using all the stuff you're supposed to use isn't really tricks, is it? I don't know, Lemsit works miracles, but like every time this year, I pretty much always get 
tonsillitis. And then sometimes again, January, February time. Yeah, kind of just depends. I did used to get a lot when I was younger, like four to five times a year. I was kind of just below the threshold of where they said they would take them out. Now, I don't really get it enough to get them taken out. And I th- apparently, I was talking to someone about this yesterday, but apparently they actually don't really take them out anymore. I think you need to literally be getting it 20 times a year for them to now take them out. Because something to do with like your tonsils are a part of your immune system, I want to say. Also, my sister got her tonsils taken out and she told me she still gets tonsillitis. Obviously, it's different in a way because you don't have tonsils there but still all the same like inflammation around that area and the pus god I hate the word pus (laughs) the pus like the sore throat she still gets all that so I don't really think it would make that much of a difference if I got them taken out now anyway anyway I feel like the reason I actually wanted to tell you all this in the first place was just to follow on from last week's episode about seasonal depression I know one of the tips was well I mean a few of the tips were like to get cozy and appreciate the dark nights and you know watch lots of stuff that you normally don't watch and catch up on all the things you've been wanting to catch up on and just enjoy this time to rest and enjoy the time that it's not all go 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 and I feel like I've really embodied that in the last week and I think you all should too. Maybe not to the same level as me because then we yeah nothing would happen if well maybe that would be a good thing for a while if everyone just stopped for a while had a breather. After going to London tomorrow which I'm really excited about I feel like every time I go to London it's usually because of like an event someone's birthday I don't know it's usually kind of back to back with like plans and lots of drinking involved and this is the first time I'm going and none of that okay that is such a lie I swear I went for a week last year with no plans Anyway, ignore everything I just said. I'm going to London this weekend with no plans apart from going out for dinner, but no alcohol is being involved. And I'm just really excited to like do nice, wholesome things there. Go on nice walks, go to the museums, go to the markets. Yeah, eat lots of nice food. And it's really nice to know I'll actually be in the mood to do that because, you know, when you're going somewhere and you know you're going to be drinking, you don't even think about those things because you're just like no hungover me would not want that (laughs) but yeah I'm gonna try and go to a few museums because that's something that just never happens anytime I'm there okay let's move on to my recommendation of the week I was struggling to think of something for this week and then I decided you know what this is very fitting because it's been literally the only thing I've been making recently okay I feel like in the west we have this habit of when it comes to cooking of just resorting to like a pasta dish, a rice, meat and veg type of situation or like a potato, meat and veg situation or stir fries. They're quite a common go-to, aren't they? And I feel like not enough people experiment with making ramens and they are the easiest thing to make in the entire world. You could do it all in one pot, minimal cleaning up to do. You can get so experimentive, experimentive, Expe- oh god, is that the right word? Experiment, I knew something didn't sound right about that, sorry, okay, it was experimentative. 
Anyway, you can get experimentative with doing lots of different types of broths from like spicy ones to miso based ones to gochujang based ones to like coconut milk based ones, curry based ones. You can literally buy any different types of like curry powders or curry pastes and turn it into your ramen. The options are endless and I've been having so much fun experimenting with just trying different ramens all the time. I know to a lot of people this does not sound revolutionary. I don't know, maybe there's people listening to this that already do this. I just feel like it's not really a common go-to dinner here and when I say there is times where it literally takes me under 10 minutes, I'm not joking. Like when I come in from dance and I don't get home till half eight and I literally want to eat straight there and then because... I do not want to wait another half an hour for dinner. I will always, always make a one pot ramen and I'll be sitting down to eat it within 10 minutes. I promise. Especially if you're not using meat. Because with me, with tofu, like I just, you can just put it straight into the pot. Whereas with meat, you'd probably need it like pre-cooked or you'd need longer to cook it, I guess. So yeah, ramen, making your own ramen is my recommendation of the week. A good recommendation because everyone listening to this can do that. Just get creative with it. Try different spices, different like bases for the stock or for the soup. You can like mix up what kind of noodles you're putting in there, what veg. Oh, and another really good thing to add to it, like if you're getting bored, if you're like me and you're vegan or vegetarian and you're getting bored of like using tofu all the time with your noodles, you know what goes really well with ramen? I tried this at a restaurant once, changed my life. Getting a bag, like a bag of frozen vegan mints, most supermarkets will do it, and just put it straight into the pot. Something about mints in ramen just really works well because there's a a ramen restaurant in Leeds called House of Foo and they do this spicy vegan mints ramen and it's with like gochujang and mushrooms and spring onions and really thick like udon noodles and vegan mints. And something about the like crispiness of it works really well. So yeah, give that a go if you're like bored of tofu and tempeh and shit. I also have a couple ramen recipes on my TikTok. And I think I included one in my most recent YouTube video. Or maybe I did two in that, you know. I can't remember. I'm making it all the time these days. I can't keep up with myself. But yeah, just have a look on any of them and you'll find some of my ramen recipes. Okay, let's get into this week's podcast topic. It is something that I find very interesting. Interesting enough that I'm actually doing my dissertation around this topic. I want to discuss the whole kind of girl boss culture and like that girl ideal that has kind of come about on TikTok. I mean, that girl has only kind of recently become a thing on TikTok, but girl boss has been about since like well I think the actual term was popularized girl boss when Sophia Amoruso wrote her girl boss book and it kind of became this big thing and then it all kind of crashed and burned and there was all these problematics that came with it and now I feel like we still have that but maybe just not with the same name and it's just evolved in different ways so yeah let's just jump straight in I am gonna start off by doing a little bit of a history on this so that we're all on the same page with where all these things have kind of come from. A girl on Instagram actually sent me this page that is so good. I'd highly recommend everyone go check it out. It's called 
vulga drawings, like vulva, but with a G, vulga drawings. It's kind of like a meme account, but like feminist memes and she designs them herself, like she draws them. So it's all really like cute kind of prints, but taking the piss out of different scenarios. They always kind of like have a a purpose or a meaning, if that makes sense. I'm really surprised I didn't know about this account before because it is honestly the best thing ever. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to be obsessed with their posts from now on. And she did a really good post on the kind of history of quotations girl boss feminism if you can even call it feminism although apparently a lot of people do according to my polls on instagram but we'll get to that in a second right so let's go right back to when margaret thatcher was prime minister okay and i mean originally looking at that you'd think oh amazing first woman prime minister this is gonna be so good like this is an act of feminism we're gonna take so many steps towards reaching equality and of course that was not the case. She was just stepping into a predominantly male space and essentially taking on the exact same role that every male had prior to her. She did not care about other women, she was still sexist, she was still racist, she was still classist. She had a billionaire husband and was able to pay for like full-time childcare but refused to kind of admit that she had these privileges and just put where she is in life all down to her own success, like her own hard work. She claimed that women should just lift themselves up like she did and she said feminism is poison and that she owes nothing to women's liberation She also did absolutely nothing to increase child benefits, create affordable childcare. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty widely accepted that Margaret Thatcher was not a nice person, nor was she a feminist, and nor was her being in a position of power a good thing for feminism. And I think this kind of, I know I'm talking about someone quite a long time ago, but this can be seen to this day with women in positions of power not not looking out for other women like it's all good and well thinking that a woman being in a position of power is is good for women but a lot of the time they actually don't care about women they care about themselves only and they're not doing anything about anyone underneath them and they're not doing anything to like increase equality in their business or or standing up for childcare and maternity leave and all these different things that affect women in the workplace. Like, it's so easy to just look and think, oh my God, that's amazing. And don't get me wrong, it is really important for young girls and women to see representation. Like, for us to see women in politics and for us to see women in sport and just women in everything, it is really crucial because if you don't see yourself in these things, how are you ever going to aspire to do something? Because you'll automatically think that is not your space and you can't be there and you'll never make it if you don't see other people doing the same thing. So on one hand, yes, representation is important. But on the other hand, a woman in a position of power isn't doing anything for feminism if they don't give a fuck about women underneath them. And we've seen that today with Queen girl boss Sophia Amoruso. She was the CEO of Nasty Gal, which I think now has actually gone under since COVID. I'm pretty sure they went under. I could be wrong, but she 
wrote a book that was like I'm pretty sure it was a bestseller like and then it got turned into a Netflix documentary and it was called Hashtag Girlboss and it was all about her girlbossing life and becoming CEO of Nasty Gal blah 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 and then it turns out she was a horrible person to all her staff. She sacked people because they got pregnant. She didn't give people maternity leave or like paid maternity leave. She treated people like they weren't even human. Apparently like the way she spoke to them was ridiculous. And yet she coined this whole girl boss movement. We'll get onto that in the timeline in a second though. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Sorry. (laughs) So in 2013, a woman called Cheryl Sandberg, I feel like this was not really in my time. Like I wouldn't have been reading this type of book in 2013, but maybe if you're a bit older, you'll remember it. But she wrote a book called Lean In. It was a bestseller. She sold like 600,000 copies within the first three months. Everyone was obsessed with it at the time, which is kind of baffling because I know if it came out now, it would not be taken well whatsoever. (laughs) she would 100% get cancelled. The book is essentially, the only way I can describe it is think of Molly May's interview where she said everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. It's basically like 200 pages of that. Like just all about self-optimization and hyper-productivity and basically like focusing on how you can succeed personally in the structure in the structures that exist today and like within a capitalist society and within like a male dominated like within the patriarchy essentially and it's saying all about how instead of like coming together and demanding better this and better that and more equality here and uh being respected as a woman like instead of doing all these things it's like actually no just pretend to be a man <laughs> just have all these like male characteristics and take this male attitude towards I don't know all these different things and all about like well the book's called lean in isn't it so it's all about leaning in to the system and profiting off of that and just like making it work for you if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh but what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with someone being hyper productive and leaning in like Sheryl Sandberg and pushing for their own financial success there's absolutely nothing wrong with that go and do that If everyone wants to do that, everyone should go and do that. The point of the matter is that by her writing this book and claiming that if you just do this, this is what will happen. It's such a false narrative because there are so many people that one, can't just do that because of their circumstances. And two, if they did follow your exact footsteps, still wouldn't get to where you are because of so many other prejudices in place. Like if let's say a black woman replicated the exact same steps as Cheryl Sandberg, there would be so many more obstacles in place for them because of the society we live in. So for Cheryl Sandberg to just put it down to like her own actions and saying everyone else can do this, just it's literally Kim Kardashian being like, everyone just needs to get up off their ass and work. (laughs) Like, sorry, what? And I'm not denying Kim Kardashian doesn't work hard. I know that woman does. But you can't help but laugh. Like, it's so ironic for her to be saying something like that. It's just, yeah, it's all it's all under the same category. Are you getting me? There's actually a really good graphic in the post I was talking about on the Volga drawings thing. And it's like, it's basically got two ladders. 
And at the top of one ladder, it's labeled career ladder of a white middle class woman. And it's just a straight ladder up, but it's labeled on one of the rungs sexism. And then the ladder next to it is career ladder of every other woman. And it's like a it's like a wavy ladder going side to side. And on each rung, it's like poverty, anti-Semitism, class elitism, ableism, racism, transphobia, homophobia, and sexism. So yeah, this white middle-class feminism, it doesn't, it doesn't help anyone, unfortunately. It's not, if you actually think about what feminism is, like the actual term of feminism is believing in equality of sexes. And by you equating financial success to being feminism, it's not, like, they're two completely different things. Okay, so 2014, Sophia Amoroso, we're going back to her, founder of Nasty Gal, releases the hashtag girl boss book which became a netflix series as well i've actually never watched that i don't know if anyone else has i don't even know if i've seen it on netflix like i've, I've seen the wee picture of it okay so then in 2015 nasty gal got taken to court for firing four pregnant women and one man who was about to go on paternity leave and the company also got a 2.5 rating on glass door 2016, the company files for bankruptcy. In 2017, it got bought by Boohoo. I did not know that. So maybe it's gone bankrupt now with Boohoo for a second time. I'm not 100% sure, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, this book really coined the girl boss term. This is when we started to kind of like, it, it was in our everyday language. It was being printed on slogans and t-shirts from like fast fashion companies profiting off of like this female empowerment type of situation. Oh God, I have so much to say about that. (laughs) There's too much going on in my brain when I come to talk about these things that sometimes I struggle to get any sentences out because I'm like, do you know when there's just so many thoughts going on, you're like, I can't focus it on one. But yeah, for example, Pretty Little Thing. I, I literally included this in my essay I wrote last year. The essay was titled, Come Third with Feminism, tackle today's gender inequalities without acknowledging the effects of fast fashion on women in developing countries. So something I spoke about within that was fast fashion companies such as Pretty Little Thing printing, uh, selling t-shirts with terms like girl boss or terms like girl power or just like those kind of phrases across t-shirts trying to seem to consumers like that's what they're about and that's what they believe in yet on the complete other side of that they're paying people next to nothing in the worst working conditions being treated horribly like have literally no rights they're withholding money from them like on a monthly basis just all this crazy shit and yet they just print these t-shirts being like girl power (laughs) do you see how crazy that is basically what i'm getting at is this girl boss term originally was coined by like white so-called feminists trying to pass off their financial success and them being CEOs and them wearing power suits and all that shite as being feminism. It crashed and burned, didn't it? It crashed and burned along with Sophia Amoroso when Nasty Gal got taken to court. Although I will say, I think now, like I think the younger generation that don't really know about all that before like that haven't heard of Lean In and haven't heard of Sophia Amoruso's book it's now become like a 
it's become memeified almost <laughs> if that makes any sense like it's become a bit of a ironic term and like a, a jokey thing you would never say to someone seriously that they're a girl boss it's more used in this way now what's the thing everyone says it's like i always get the order wrong oh gaslight gatekeep girl boss it's like that type of scenario now where people use girl boss which is essentially just completely taking the piss of white feminism so i do like that it's being used in a more jokey sense now because i it would be kind of offensive like imagine you legit called your boss a girl boss it's very patronizing like there's no i i just think the whole thing with having to put girl in front of boss it kind of shows that we like that we have those stereotypes in our head to assume that a boss is male so then you have to put girl in front of it to establish that it's a female boss when actually it's just really condescending in a way like a boss is a boss whether you're male or female but if someone used it in a joking way to me I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't bat an eyelid like if someone's like yes slay girl boss that wouldn't bother me at all it's more if someone really tried to use it properly I'd be like no no <laughs> okay I put up a poll on my Instagram story saying do you think of the term girl boss positively or negatively and 78% of people said positively I was kind of surprised about that but actually I'm not surprised about that just because of the way it's used now I think had I have asked that question I don't know five years ago it maybe would have got a different response but I think now the way it's kind of been memeified it's seen a bit more positively so then I asked what do you associate with the term girl boss and I got a real mix of answers I'm gonna read a few of them out some of them are pretty positive like someone said here doing stuff that improves your life working on goals self-care hygiene taking your medication and working out whereas someone said girl boss to me is about a hustle working hard to achieve your goals but problematic there's definitely internalized sexism successful women go against the norm we don't call successful men boy boss that's just naturalized someone said being in control reaching your goals Someone said, it reminds me of pyramid schemes and it's also a very patronising term. Someone said, yes, girl boss gatekeep queen shit. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like to a lot of people that's just like what girl boss is. Someone said, I think it's just a new weird form of misogyny. Someone who gets shit done. A woman who just slays the game all the time. Self-empowerment and defeating patriarchal norms in the workplace. Oh, I like that. When someone calls me a girl boss, I feel empowered and very proud. Someone else said, feminism that thinks capitalism is the way for women to succeed slash ignores true struggles. Unnecessary prefix, why can't it just be boss? Positive in a sarcastic, jokey way, but cringe when people say it seriously. Liberal feminism not challenging the idea that it's the system that's the issue. White feminism patronising towards women professional career rich and independent women in power and know what they want fake feminism so yeah getting a real mix of opinions this is a really funny one someone just said chuggy millennials i love the word chuggy i don't know why yeah it is kind of chuggy isn't it (laughs) i'll agree with that one okay so let's move on to the kind of surgence of this new term that is that girl across tiktok 
Now, I do think they kind of come from, they stem from the same tree, if that makes sense. Like, they're another form of just, like, neoliberal feminism, which is basically just, like, capitalist feminism. Quotation marks feminism, because I actually don't think it's a form of feminism. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, I think they're kind of born within the same family. But I do think there are some differences. I very much associate the new that girl trend that and the kind of clean girl aesthetic are a bit intertwined for me I don't know if anyone else thinks the same but that's kind of like I very much associate those two things as being like stuck together but I also think it's very similar to the girl boss term in the fact that it's like marketing a lifestyle and like all this hyper productivity, self-optimization, hustle culture, like it's kind of breeding the same ideas but it's also got a little bit of a different image. Like I think a lot of us would associate the girl boss as being like CEO woman in a suit and then we kind of see that girl as being like clean girl aesthetic with the scraped back hair and the gold hoops and the perfect skin and the scandy outfit and the very aesthetic home. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's very much marketing a lifestyle which is very, like it's not attainable. You can't market a lifestyle. Everyone has different lives. Everyone lives in different places. Everyone has different homes. Everyone has different friends, different circumstances, different jobs. Like you can't actually achieve someone's life nor should you be striving to. Like you should just be able to live your best life without thinking that it needs to look a certain way or to have a particular aesthetic. I think this is a big problem though with social media, mainly TikTok. At the minute it's like all these micro trends and all these like, oh god, like cottagecore and then like e-girl and then, I don't know, Jesus, there's too many to keep up with at this point. I don't even know what half of them are, but they're so niche. And they chop and change so often, it's so hard to keep up with. There is no point trying to give in to any of these trends because what are you going to do? Buy all these things, then have no money, and then, oh, would you look at that? The trend changes into something entirely different. Are you now going to go out and buy yourself a whole new wardrobe, a whole new kitchen, a whole new everything just to be a different person? I, I don't know. This is where I think it's so important to like know what you like and to be able to pick and choose from trends and be able to adapt them to your style and who you are as a person. But that's really hard because this is the thing is like so many of the people being influenced by all this is really young people that actually at the end of the day don't know who they are. So they're really easily influenced in that way. I feel like though this clean girl, that girl kind of thing has been like a lot longer standing than a lot of the micro trends. It's funny because I could not be further from the whole clean girl aesthetic. Like it could not be less me if I tried. (laughs) I have acne prone skin. I have frizzy curly hair with dark roots. Like nothing about me looks like a clean girl. I wear tracksuits every day. I <laughs> and like when I'm not wearing tracksuits, I'm wearing like fleeces and baggy jeans and baggy parachute pants and stuff. I clash prints. I wear big bold colors. I just like that whole neutral gold minimalist jewelry 
slicked back hair is really just not a bit of me and don't get me wrong it looks so good on some people but every time I look at it I'm just like well could never be me (laughs) I feel like the that girl first of all she's a clean girl she's clean girl in the aesthetic she gets up at 5am she works out she has a green juice she (laughs) oh god I don't know what else does she do does she work yeah she works She doesn't eat carbs, probably. Everything in her life is like aesthetic down to the fucking pins on her corkboard. Like everything. It's like her Amazon storefront is like all these beige and neutral toned like scissors and knives and (laughs) all these things. Okay, I feel like I'm just taking the piss now. (laughs) You get where I'm going with this that girl thing. Okay, there is the odd time I will look at one of those videos and find it slightly inspiring. It'll motivate me to get more things done in a day. But a lot of the time it is just very unrealistic and mm, just never gonna be me. (laughs) However, I actually will add to this. I do get... So sometimes when I do my day in the lives on TikTok, because I'll do like... Probably like once a week I'll do a day in the life as a student and... Quite often I get comments on it of people being like, oh my god, how many hours do you have in a day? Like, how do you manage to get all this done? And I'll watch the video back and be like, did it seem like I was doing loads? But it actually, this is the thing about these videos, when you actually break down how many things that person was doing, it's really not a lot, but because you're filming every like single little thing from getting a coffee to nipping into the shop for two minutes to grab milk to making your breakfast to do you know what I mean it's all these like tiny things that actually don't like they're not like a chunk of your day they take up like tiny amounts of time but it's like making it look like you've done so much but when you actually break it down it's like all I've done is gone to uni come back edited a podcast and then gone to dance for an hour like when you actually look at it and break it down it's not much but because it's like really high speed like jumping from one clip to the next with like a high energy voiceover and like then I did this and then I did that blah 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 blah, blah. and I think because of that then people just think it's so much but like at the end of the day you know one of the clips was me eating a banana it's also really important to remember that a lot of these that girls you're seeing probably their most busy and most aesthetic day in the week. If someone's having a really boring day, going to the office, they didn't have time to leave on their lunch break, they came home and got into bed and watched a movie, they're more than likely not going to share that. And I think everyone needs to recognise that everyone has those days yeah, I don't know. I think when you're constantly seeing this messaging of this hyperproductive girl, then you think that's what they're like all the time, but they're definitely not. Okay, so I put up a question box on my Instagram story saying, what are your opinions on the whole that girl term on TikTok? Let's read some of your replies. Hate it makes it seem like having your life together looks a certain way. Yeah, completely agree with this. This is also the same reason why I have something really strongly against those like do you know when people make those mood boards they're like vision boards for their future I have something really against them because you're trying to make your goals and your dreams like you're putting them down to this aesthetic looking board and in reality real shit doesn't look like that I don't know I feel like 
that's what that girl kind of does as well. Like you can have your life together and it not look like a Pinterest board. Here's another one. A bit weird, mostly relates to rich, skinny girls. Stupid and unrealistic. Quite damaging. Girl boss to me is much more about celebrating, recognising and praising women, whereas that girl seems more competitive. There's something so strange to me about women having to have some sort of unhuman perfection in order to be recognised. If you're an it girl, you're better than everyone, but for no specific reason, just because you have it. Like, what is it and why do other people only get to decide what it is? Why can't women just exist and simply be enough? Because they are enough. I feel like girl boss and it girl and clean girl are all just weird ways of reinforcing a stereotype that's held us to the male gaze for so long could not have said it better myself. A round of applause for this girl. That girl even existing shows the pressure on women in society. We need to evaluate it. A hundred percent agree with this. Why is there no equivalent for males being thrown at them? Everything about women is always about looking a certain way, even when it's like being a so-called girl boss or that girl. It's all about being hyperproductive, but while you're doing it, looking a certain way. Can't we just do things and not worry about that? Good intentions, but it can be a bit toxic. Westernized beauty standards. Someone said, I want to be one of them. Makes you feel like you aren't pretty if you can't have the traits that they do. It's very exclusive, white and skinny and privileged people that are spending huge amounts on, huge amounts and time on self-improving. It elevates that white middle-class lifestyle that is unattainable for most people. Motivating to some, but just another toxic trend. I feel like it's the hustle culture of capitalism disguised, like prioritizing and productivity and ticking things off on a to-do list. Why do you want to journal? Are you forcing yourself to do it because you feel like you should? Because there's a big difference. It perpetuates toxic perfectionism. I'm loving these answers trap of wanting to feel like that girl in the same way in 2018 I wanted to be a girl boss see I feel like they are caught from the same thread like they are the same thing just it's just a new term for it but it's literally like oh it's all the same shit oh I really like this one it definitely commodifies well-being and will inevitably face the same downfall and criticism that girl boss hustle culture faces I think it's cute but unrealistic. I also think even that girl doesn't live her life like that. It's just another way to put women against each other and try fit us into a certain box. A lot of being that girl seems to come down to maximising your time, buying expensive clean girl products, hair, makeup, etc. and being super productive. It's all leaning into capitalist culture where you must be the best version of yourself, make every second count for something and buy things to make you happy. Oh my god, this girl has hit the nail on the head. This is exactly what I'm getting at. It's all forms of thriving within a capitalist culture that place value on financial success, think that you should be happy by looking a certain way and by buying certain products. And it's all just like a marketing ploy that isn't going to result in true happiness at the end of the day. If anything, it all just creates more insecurities and more disparities like more inequalities across the board. So then I asked on my Instagram story, do you think that girl is just a new form of girl boss that has been popularized after the problematics that came along with girl bossing? Someone actually replied to this and was like, imagine 
asking this to someone from the 16th century and I laughed out loud when I read it. I was like, oh my god, this is the most ridiculous sentence ever. So 39% of people said that yes, for sure, that it is kind of cut from the same cloth. But 61% said no, it's different. Now, I think the reason a lot of people voted no, it's different is because a lot of my demographic maybe didn't know of the problems that came with the whole girl boss culture, just judging by the amount of people that saw it as a positive thing on the first poll. I'm assuming that they associate girl boss as being a positive thing and that girl as being a negative thing. I think if I had have asked an older demographic, I think a lot of people would have said, yeah, it's like the same thing. Then I asked, do you think girl boss and that girl are forms of feminism or are they just a self-optimizing way for mainly white women to thrive within the capitalist patriarchal society we live in? 30% of people said it's feminism, 70% said neoliberalism at its finest. I am, oh, I am like a little bit surprised that 30% of people said it's feminism, but I'm also not because maybe if you had have asked me that question like five years ago, maybe I would have said, yeah, that's feminism. I finished off the stories with just a final box saying, if you have anything more to add to the topic, please be my guest. So let me read some of your responses. I thought this one was hilarious. Margaret Thatcher would have loved it and that's all you need to know. Girl boss depends on context. I feel if a straight man says it, it can be patronising. If a woman says it to another woman, I think it can be supportive. If you can't see how that girl is just girl boss culture in shiny new packaging, then you're probably in way too deep. It's weird because it feels harmless, but it really isn't. It's additional pressure to have five to nine before a nine to five and to buy all these Amazon must-haves, even though it may appear like a safe space to enhance productivity and well-being. I think there's a lot of backlash on the that girl aesthetic, which is kind of fair. It gives Molly May, we all have the same 24 hours of the day. Everyone should be like this. Oh, this is interesting. Someone said, I think girl boss is linked to work and that girl links to your time outside of work. So it's like a double pressure. The girl boss is being self-optimizing, hyperproductive, all that shit within the working space. And then the that girl is the aesthetic life outside of work that is also self-optimizing and is also a capitalist queenie. Oh, that's very interesting. Someone else said, have so much to say, but basically think it's impossible for women to exist without empowerment or financial success being co-opted by neoliberalism. Another response, it's meritocratic. Some people just are that girl, but have to ask why. No barriers, skin colour, class. That girl is saying one version, one body type, one race is superior. Girl boss is more positive. That girl is solely based on the aesthetic that's popularised at the time. Right now, it's skinny. Just another case of women's bodies trending. When are we going to be done with this? I'm honestly bored of it. Like, just call it a day with the fucking body trends. I actually really like this response because I feel like she has mentioned how there are some people who portray it in a better way. So she has said, it depends on the influencer and type of content they make. Some portray damaging and unrealistic expectations of what it means to be that girl or a girl boss, where the standard they set is based on unrealistic wealth they have or access to certain facilities that average people don't. 
However, there are some influencers who portray being a girl boss and that girl in different, more healthy ways, where it's more about listening to your body and being realistic. I think the former feeds into unhealthy capitalist expectations and damaging societal frameworks too by giving the message that we should all be striving to be the top and earn the most money and work out all the time and buy certain ingredients etc. But this is just unrealistic for the majority of people consuming this content. Oh my god sorry I got out of breath reading that. Yeah I do think there are people that promote it in a way more healthy way. I can't think of any people off the top of my head right now. I'm going to read one more response because I feel like this one really sums up the exploitation that happens within a capitalist society. It's an important point to cover and I don't think I've really mentioned it. Maybe I have done a little bit with the fast fashion stuff. So this girl has said, women becoming bigger players within capitalism, which is great on one hand, but only for some women, predominantly Western women. Think how for a girl boss to gain, more women in the global south have to suffer. For example, girl boss clothing businesses, even when sustainable and ethical, there is still a huge likelihood that part of the process of the materials or manufacturing has used exploitative labour with low wages and hard conditions. Ultimately, how can you empower women within the system that was used to oppress them and still is used to oppress some women? I get that it's a step in the right direction when considering liberal notions of feminism and collectivism, but deeply saddens me to think of girl bosses thinking they're doing a great thing for women when women in the global south are suffering. Also, like the commodification of girl boss t-shirts in like H&M saying girl boss, that was definitely made in a sweatshop. I'm going to leave some links to some articles and some other resources around the topics that I discussed today. I feel like there is probably a lot that I wasn't able to say or that I've forgotten or I don't know sometimes when I'm talking about topics like this I just end up like repeating the same things over and over again so I'm really sorry if that's what I've done but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this episode thank you so much for sending me in all your opinions thank you as always for all the continued love and support we've been all over the charts in the last few weeks it's incredible we're sitting on number 27 in the uk charts today which is absolutely insane so thank you so so much i love you guys and i will speak to you on next week's episode bye